This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the latest data on home prices showing some gains, but at the slowest paces we've seen in the last two years. November's report by CoreLogic showing a price gain of 8.6% year-over-year, but that's the first single-digit gain in 21 months. And average prices now 2.5% lower than the peak of the spring selling season in 2022. So what lies ahead for home buyers, home sellers? I think this is the first time Ben Keys in two and a half years I'm, I've had you in the studio here. I think that's right. Fantastic, fantastic yeah. to see you in person. It's a treat. Ben Keys, real estate professor here at the Warden School, joining us here uh, in the studio. So give us your read of what is playing out right now. I think we expected prices to continue a little bit of a pullback, but are we expecting the pullback to continue to be, you know, is going to continue to move down the path here? Yeah, the housing market is in uh, in a bit of a pause uh, as interest rates rise as, as sharply as they have over this past year. And, and that really has a huge effect on volumes. And so there's just a lot fewer transactions happening. Uh, we're seeing um, a, a potential reduction of more than a million transactions or year over year. And that's really a function of so many people having interest rates locked in below 3%, the opportunity to refinance during the the COVID um, efforts of the Fed to bring rates down um, really dramatically lowered people's housing costs um, for existing homeowners. And and so they're reluctant to move. And and then the question is, okay, in a market where uh, no one wants to sell um, and also uh, no one wants to buy um, at the current rates, affordability is, um, is really tight. Um, then what happens to prices? And I think that's a real challenge. You have a, a reduction in supply and a reduction in demand. And that means that prices can stay high for, for quite a long time. I, I don't expect them to collapse anytime soon. Uh, but there's a lot of uncertainty about the path. And you see that with the, the 2023 forecasts, which are truly all over the place um, in a way I've never seen before. And so as, as the Fed is making these declarations of you know rates going above 5%, uh, we saw a little bit of a pullback on like things like the 30-year, but it's kind of settled a little bit right now in that about 6.5% range. Uh, the expectation for the, for the consumer who wants to buy potentially a home is, is it'll be better than what it was, say, six to eight months ago, but it's not going to be better than what it was a year ago. And I did this, the, the number on it. It was 3.33% on a 30-year, one year ago at the end of the year. Exactly. And so what's the reference point that, that people are using, right? And I think on the one hand, you have uh, you have rates that are very high relative to where current homeowners are, are locked in. And so current homeowners who are thinking about moving up the property ladder, moving up from a, a starter home to a, to a bigger home, um, uh, those buyers who still need a mortgage, um, they are going to be very reluctant to give up that that um, that cheap uh, that cheap credit that they have locked in over over 30 years. Um, for first time home buyers, it's a bit of a different story. They're getting squeezed on both sides. On the one side, you have these rising rates, which are making the costs of of borrowing uh, for a house higher. But at the same time, you have rising rents, and as rents yeah. continue to rise, that's going to keep people saying, "Hey, maybe this is still a good time for us to lock in." Uh, our housing costs, and and also, you know, the the phrase that people have been using is, you know, you marry the house and you date the rate, <laughs> right? So um, you're going to you're going to to take on uh, that that mortgage to buy the house, but uh, eventually rates are going to come down at some point. Um, they're probably not going to stay um, uh, this high, although I expect them to go up a, a bit more if we see the Fed continue to to tighten, um, kind of building on the discussion you were just having. Uh, so if rates come back down to five at some point, all the folks buying right now at six and a half will have a great opportunity to refinance in the future. Yeah. And so the refinance market in general 
is obviously a lot tighter, a lot smaller it's, than it was. It's gone. It's completely gone. Yeah. And on the volume side, the, the the parts of the industry that rely on on transaction volume are are massively struggling right now. And so yeah. that that's realtors, that's mortgage brokers and lenders. Um, that's the appraisers and the insurers, all the people who rely on on the volume of transactions, a fee based, uh, you know, fee based generation from, of revenue. Right. Um, they are going to suffer mightily in 2023 because we're just going to see a, a market slowdown continue potentially indefinitely. We're going to be in a period of, of rising rates and rising unemployment. Uh, in all likelihood, yeah. and uh, those two factors are are uh, you're going to be crushing for the the number of transactions happening in the housing market. That's going to probably end up mean meaning that that's the one of the next areas from a labor perspective that's going to feel the pinch. Maybe not like what we're seeing with the tech sector, but it's going to be the same type of concept because there's just not enough business to hold on to the numbers of people that have been working in this industry. That's ex exactly right. We've we've heard this through dribs and drabs, especially over the second half of, of 2022. I think this is the year where a lot of these firms decide, okay, this you know we're not going to be able to uh, to maintain this size of a labor force yeah. um, with the, the volume of business that we're doing. And so we're going to lay a lot of people off. And I, I think that's a very likely uh, outcome for uh, for this sector in particular. So we're a couple of months away from the spring selling season. What then is the mindset of, of what we will see, or maybe more importantly, what we won't see coming up in in March and April and May? Yeah, realtors, you know, target the the weekend after the Super Bowl uh, as the the kickoff to to the season uh, of of the selling season uh, for houses. I expect to see a very muted response this year. I think we're going to see you know fewer fewer home listings. I think we're going to see um, you know buyers that are going to be searching and certainly you know with unemployment as low as it is. I think there are still a lot of people looking for for houses as i said people are feeling the squeeze of of rising rents and the, the demographics are are still very good for uh, for buyers and um, you have um a, a growing cohort of millennial buyers who are hitting peak home buying ages who have mm -hmm. now um had some job security over the last few years have uh, potentially been saving up a bit um, over COVID for uh, for a down payment. So I, I think the buyers are going to be bouncing back a bit more than um, than maybe the sellers in, in some of these cases. I think a lot of the sellers who are sitting on those 30-year, 3% uh, mortgages are not going to be tempted to, uh, to move up. And so I think we're going to see a lot fewer listings, and um, that could keep prices quite high. You also have the undersupply problem to try and deal with as well. It's massive. And, and, and right. And that's one that, I, and I've mentioned this on the show before, and I think I've done it with you a couple of times, is the fact that that's a problem that is not easily fixed. And, and it, you're talking about probably, what, years to try and, and, and correct it, especially because in the short term, builder sentiment is not great right now. This is one of the big problems with rising interest rates for the housing market. Uh, so the, the, you know, the housing market is affected, is very sensitive to rising rates, but construction is especially responsive to, to rising interest rates. And so if builders uh, can't finance their, their projects, if they don't think that there's a, a lot of opportunity to sell, uh, when they finish, they just won't put the shovels in the ground. And, and we're yeah. seeing by, you know, builders pulling back pretty aggressively at a time where we have a housing shortage. And uh, that disconnect really speaks to the need for for active policy um, to address that. And I think that could happen at state and local levels um, by encouraging more um, construction financing. But I think at the federal level, we spend a lot of time talking about fiscal policy. We spend a lot of time talking about monetary policy. Yeah. But credit policy is a very important direction um, that the, the current administration could move in. 
um, to really um, expand uh, the scope of what Fannie and Freddie are up to um, in this space in particular and get much more aggressive on, um, on fi financing construction um, that's a bit riskier than what's in the most of their portfolio. Um, but that risk is going to, you know, taking on a bit more of that risk um, when the private market pulls back um, is going to mean that when uh, when the market recovers, um, this shortage is going to be less severe. And I think the real concern that I'm worried about is um, the builders pull back um, two years from now. It, it, you know, the markets uh, have recovered. Everyone is looking to buy yeah. and the houses just aren't there. Right. Yeah. And it's because there was this pause in, in construction. And so uh, this really points to an opportunity for policymakers to uh, to to move uh, construction to uh, to, I think, a, a priority of, of the administration. And also, by the way, credit policy is something you can do. Uh, without uh, much approval needs from Congress, right? So this is yeah. something that the, the executive branch could do somewhat unilaterally is expanding the scope of, of the loans that Fannie and Freddie are, are making um, that, that are going to be either single family or multifamily. But the shortage is, is very real. Um, I think the estimates were around 4 million homes short. And what that means is, you know, it means that people are are living with their parents. We have a very elevated yeah. rate, uh, almost a, a quarter of uh, between 20 percent and, and uh, 25 percent of um, people 20 to, to 30 uh, are living with their parents. Um, and I think that's kind of an underappreciated constraint of uh, our current expensive housing market. Ben, as always, great to talk with you. Yeah. Great, to, great to see you in studio as well. Great to see you as well. Good to be Thank, back in person. Thanks, Ben. All the best. Ben Keyes, Wharton uh, real estate professor. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.